The In Crowd, written by Ash Phoenix, also known as Phoenix Flies. Every library holds secrets, tomes and tales forgotten and foregone, misplaced or misremembered. History has known no bigger library, no greater store of knowledge than the internet, and its secrets are all the more sinister for it. No grand gatekeeper stands guard at the threshold of the deep web. No overbearing librarian watches over your shoulders as you install a browser. Its mysteries and monsters can be found by no mere search engine, but are offered in whispers and rumors, fueling the fires of intrigue. All it takes is the right address, the right password, the right key for the right door, and these keys, weightless, are passed unburdened, opening doors around the world through laptops, tablets, and school computers. My cousin told me about this really messed up site, chirped the kid at the keyboard. Thirty eager pairs of eyes were glued to the projection screen the air thick with nervous hush. Lips were licked, knees trembled, hearts raced. Callum hadn't felt such anticipation from the class since he showed off those magazines he found in his dad's shed. The Saturday detention had been worth it, and now he had a reputation to uphold. At the tender age of 14, he was already well-versed in the subtle magic of the confidence trick. Callum was born to be a salesman, and these children were securely in his pocket. He was their guide through a dark and exciting world that they had, until now, thought was fiction. He may not entirely understand what forces and secrets were at play, but he knew how to enrapture his peers, and he had such wonders to show them. A simple login screen displayed in front of the class, a nondescript gray background, and a single white entry box. Callum cracked his knuckles for show and entered a string of ten letters, and the screen went black plunging the classroom into darkness. A single word appeared off-center, red text that was small and barely visible. Prepare, it read. Column moved the cursor over it and clicked. A scrolling wall of text overtook the screen, the font ornate and archaic as if lifted from some delicately handwritten tome of old. The passages rushed past too quickly for comprehension, but some repeated phrases and bold stood out and stayed in the mind like echoes or scars. Burn the blood. The body is your altar. Knock twice. Burn thrice. The text suddenly gave way to flashing images, 
dozens of black and white photos, each scene more distressing than the last. Three children, naked and turned to face a wall. A pentagram on the floor, scattered with awful. Lacerations on an arm or a leg, likely self-inflicted. A woman on fire, screaming at the camera. A bull being dissected. Three recently severed heads. And a man, draping in his own intestines around his neck, smiling. Each image was its own trauma. Yet they came over the class as an unstoppable wave. The horrors themselves were indistinguishable amid this atrocious avalanche. Silence gripped the classroom like a hand around a throat. The morbid slideshow stopped and a phrase took up the entire screen. Praise be to Moloch, finding fire salvation. Text blinked out to be replaced by a final line. He waits in the dark to heed your call. Callum looked around the room of aghast and confused faces. They had been plunged into a brand of darkness far beyond reasoning or understanding, and they had no frame of reference. They were adrift, desperate for grounding for guidance they were in his palm this moment was worth any punishment the school could bring down on him he stood on the desk and punched a fist into the air praise be to Malik Joe had never told on his classmates before he was no grass no snitch he was nothing really just Small of a stature and studious to a fault. His focus had never strayed beyond himself until these strange days had gripped his classmates. Callum, the showman, had been suspended from school for a week, but the website and his performance had already birthed a phenomenon. Barely an hour would pass without someone in class making reference to that day. Some would stand in mocking imitation of Colum's salute, yelling, Praise be to Malik! Eliciting whoops and laughters from their peers. Phrases lifted from the website became memes and running jokes. Sometimes Joe felt he was the only one unnerved by all of this. Hoax or not, The website itself was deeply disturbing, and it seemed like sacrilege to repeat what was found there. The more he reasoned and pleaded with his class to drop their act of ironic reverence, the more firmly they clung to it. Whenever certain triggering words or themes were mentioned in a lesson, chance would break out with no clear instigator. Teachers would roll their eyes at whatever new fad had gripped over their flock, and usually allowed a few rounds to go uninterrupted before encouraging them to settle down. Joe was abhorred to see 
So many staff unfazed by a group of children, beating their desk and repeating, Burn the blood! Burn the blood! Like some archaic cult. Callum, for his sins, was welcomed back to school like a celebrity. Having heard tell of the culture he had birthed, he made sure to dress for the occasion and arrived resplendent in a hooded, red fabric robe. Before long, these same robes were adopted by his peers and acolytes, worn around the school in sardonic solidarity. The growing group of core supporters started meeting by the bike sheds, all hooded, huddled, and chuckling. Rumors spread of rituals conducted behind closed doors. Graffiti began to adorn the halls. Signs and sigils, phrases from the website. The body is your altar. He waits in the dark. Joe arrived at his locker to find the phrase, Find in fire salvation scrawled across its door and would look like lipstick. He felt more motivated than ever to try to put a stop to this nonsense. Having heard on the morning news that a nearby school had burnt down, he feared for the worst. Joe was no snitch, but he was deeply worried that someone could wind up getting seriously hurt. Don't worry, he was told. The headmaster is leading an assembly tomorrow morning on this very issue. Joe felt safe in the knowledge that the issue was being dealt with. Disaster would be averted. The white noise of conversations echoing around the packed assembly hall reflexively faded into oblivion as the headmaster took to the stage. His hands rested calmly on the sides of the pulpit as he surveyed the crowd. He took his time doing so. This was a crucial part of his routine. Make them wait. Watch them squirm in awkward silence under his stare. Nothing made him feel more powerful. The feeling was intoxicating. With every breath, he imagined the air ripe with apprehension. When he finally spoke, his voice was caramel, as slow as it was insipid. Good morning, all, he began. It has come to my attention that some select individuals have been flaunting our uniform guidelines rather lavishly. That stops today. Anxious chatter broke out amongst the children. The headmaster silenced them with a slow wave of his hand. Joe looked to his right, along the row of his class. Four of his peers had brought their robes into the assembly, the garments bundled on their laps. Joe swallowed hard. They were planning something. I have also seen, the headmaster continued, that some rather distressing slogans and motifs are being displayed around the school. Some of you, it would seem, enjoy pretending to be a part of some cult. Barely suppressed laughter broke out amongst the gathered kids. This too stops today, 
I prepared a little something to show you all. He gave a short nod to the back of the room, a cue for the lights to be dimmed. From behind the assembly, a projector illuminated the stage backdrop, dust dancing in its beam. There, displayed for the entire school to see, was an image Joe recognized, and he knew he wasn't the only one. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Faintly, the word prepare was visible. Red text on black. And a cursor moved towards it, slow and steady. A hundred kids held their breath as it was clicked, and the wall of text began to scroll, that sinister, ancient font. Joe felt apprehension rise like bile in his throat. Knock twice, burn thrice. The assembly became unsettled. Nervous chatter broke out. Heads already turned to the exits. Burn the blood. Someone stood and ran towards the doors at the back. Wood and metal rattled. The door locked from beyond. The body is your altar. The headmaster strode in front of the projection. His arms held wide. His smile somehow wider. Around his shoulders hung the red ropes of the colt Callum had grown. In one hand he held a cane, a gnarled and twisted thing. The scrolling passages painted him with scripture. Fear not, he boomed. Behold the great words of Moloch, master of kings, sieve truth. We will pave the way for his return. He was joined on stage by three teachers, each holding an empty metal pail. They looked out across the student body with cold indifference. The students themselves were by now flocking to the exits, piling against the locked doors, pummeling them with fist to no avail. Joe was swept among them, bodies pressed against him on all sides. Cries and screams echoed around the hall as children jostled for position. The effect was overwhelming. A resounding thud cut through the chaos on stage. The headmaster had brought down his staff to a resting effect. As he raised it to knock a second time, flashes of red shot through the crowd. Hoods were raised. Dozens of followers revealed themselves. 
at the second knock of the staff. Panic took hold once again. A sharper, more acute panic. The jostle of bodies became a rolling boil. Children falling underfoot. Joe felt his shoes lose traction and tried to direct his fall away from the center of the frenzy. Joe managed to crawl away into a dim corner of the hall and saw in the low light that he had slipped in blood, which now clung to his clothes and trailed behind him in a wide smear on the floor. The teachers on stage had descended into the crowd, carrying their pails, disappearing into the fray. Red hoods darted back and forth with purpose. Joe saw now that they each held a knife and were losing their blades on all who they could reach. One teacher returned to the stage, struggling to carry her pail, now burdened with blood. It was set down beside the smiling headmaster, who quietly offered his thanks as the massacre continued before them. Another bucketfuls returned as the projection began rolling through black and white images of atrocities past. Many of the remaining students had realized the futility of the back exit and had made their own attempts at reaching the stage. A wall of hoods stood between them and their destination. Singled out in their determination, they were quickly cut down. As the screams became more infrequent, Joe huddled himself back into the corner, quiet and still, intending to be present as a corpse. Through half-open eyes, he saw a movement in the pile of bodies blocking the back doors. A head and shoulders emerged from beneath an eviscerated third year. Joe recognized Callum, trying to pull himself clear from the pile. He was covered in crimson, but wore no robes, and his abject terror was plain. Joe silently willed Callum to stay still, to fight the panic, but his struggle had already drawn attention. The third pail was dropped before him, its contents sloshing and splashing his face. Three of his classmates were upon him, holding his arms out, hands knotted into his hair to raise his head over the blood bucket. A knife was pressed against the exposed skin of his neck. Joe closed his eyes, willing the screams to be over quickly. The projection screen went dark, and a phrase appeared in white. Praise be to Moloch. Find in fire salvation. The headmaster was handed a jerry can, and he added some of the flammable liquid to the first blood bucket. He struck a match and dropped it without hesitation 
then had to step back to avoid a sudden burst of fire. A pillar of flame shot upwards and remained, twirling towards the high ceiling of the hall, licking at the tile. As the final pail was set down, the second went up in a column of flames. Their beacons lit the room, the piles of bodies taking on a sickly orange hue, stark shadows dancing among them. Joe fought against the rising bile as he wondered how many of the still forms littering the hall were watching like him. Paralyzed by terror, afraid to be counted among the living for fear of joining the dead. By the light, Joe could see the red-robed students kneeling before the stage, heads bowed, soaked in blood from arms to ankles, a crimson baptism. Two teachers had been circling the room, Joe had saw. They were pouring petrol, and now they advanced on the hooded assembly. The students didn't flinch as their robes were doused. Joe was frantically scanning the room for an exit, for some means of escape. The windows were too high. The back door was locked and blocked by a pile of corpses. The stage was occupied, and its approach was packed with murderers. The projection behind the fires flickered. He waits in the dark to heed your call. The final blood pell was ignited. Flame shot around the room. The robed students lit up without as much as a cry between them. Joe blinked through tears and took his moment. He intended to surge through the burning children, onto the stage and out through the stage door before the headmaster could react. But he didn't get far. Hands were all over him before he could break free from the flaming crowd. They grasped at his legs, pulled his hair, and pushed his shoulders to force him down. He clawed at the floor for purchase that wouldn't come. His fingers slipping through blood as the burning bodies descended upon him. Two schools have been burnt to the ground in less than a week. Two tragic accidents, tragic but arguably coincidental. Only two. A third accident would suggest a pattern. Parents are mourning, offered thoughts and prayers. Blame and apologies are offered and demanded, but never seem enough. Elsewhere, a young girl is preparing to show a website to her friends. She has heard that a boy nearly got expelled for showing this. There must be something worth seeing, she tells her friends, and enters a password. A third accident would suggest a pattern, but by then, it will be all too late.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please consider becoming a member of my Patreon page, where you can have access to over 200 episodes with no ads, no promo, no bullshit. Just scary stories which you can download or listen to through an exclusive podcast feed. You will have access to the entire Scarecast catalog, my bedtime story collection, and over 40 episodes never before released on the podcast. You can join today by visiting patreon.com slash the Scarecast. All information will be posted in the description of this episode. Also, follow my Instagram at the Scarecast for podcast updates. As always, be safe out there, and until next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.